0: Hi! This is Michaela. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending some time to listen to me today. I'd also like to start off with a huge, sincere thank you to the nonprofit organization I Need Diverse Games. A little bit of background information. A few months ago, one of my classmates and friends, shout out Emma Kate, um, posted a link to an application process for a series of grants through the nonprofit, I Need Diverse Games, that would help set black indigenous people of color aspiring podcasters uh, with resources and, um, you know, a bit of support in setting up their podcast finally. And so uh, on a whim, I applied and was selected and have been so grateful um, ever since. Like I have, they sent over a really fantastic mic and a book from the McElroy family. Um, and I, it really gave me the motivation to do something that I had always wanted to do. Um, so here I am right now. Um, some more information on the organization I need diverse games is uh, they do a lot of like advocacy work, social media work in creating, sustaining, and up- uplifting communities of color, otherwise underrepresented communities of people in the gaming industry and beyond and so their articles I've been reading, I've I've started to follow them on social media, really interesting, Um, highly recommend especially if you are interested in gaming and are yourselves or care about um, people of color and other members of communities that are doing the damn thing. So without further ado, I'll jump into the, uh, the, the stuff. To kick it off, I initially proposed that this project would be talking about how my personal life mixes in, of course, with the structural realities of being in the United States in 2021, being in Texas, being in Austin, being the mid-20s age that I am. Um, and navigating all of these social structures, um, navigating how my identity, you know, shows up and and operates, and all of that stuff. Um, and I will do that through a combination of sharing my personal experience, uh, talking hopefully with other people as soon as I can set up some safe, socially distant interviews, of course, and and all, all kinds of other things. So I'll kick this off by starting with my current situation. I am, um, I think a little under 24 hours away from initiating the very heart-wrenching, difficult, painful, confusing process of, of leaving a job that I really enjoyed. Um, just it, this decision is the culmination of the, not only the entire Past academic year that I feel like I just crawled out from uh, my first year of graduate school, but also the sort of turning tide of the past over a year of living in a global pandemic, which is still ongoing. Um, and and it seems like a lot of progress has been made. Um, and I'm speaking about that from my my position being in a country that is wealthy through a bunch of different unjust means and also being in the financial class that i am in with access to like being able to get a vaccine pretty quickly um so there's there's so many layers to a lot to my current reality that i would like to try to unpack and so i think actually talking about my decision to leave my job in the context of everything that is happening uh is a really use not useful but just a it seems like a really good time to take a cross section and understand the factors that led up to that um so of course lots of emphasis on like mental health that is the reason why i ultimately like had to make that very difficult decision i am working in the field of social work so like mental health is, I, I don't even know how to begin. Mental health is the job. It also, the profession requires, as do all mental health professionals, professions uh, require like self-sustainability practices that I really struggled with creating and maintaining because we were in a pandemic and because everything was disoriented even more than they typically are. Um, so that that is, I'll, I'll get more into the details of that, but that's just a quick little snapshot. I think what I would like to do is go through a little bit of, I'll go through a timeline, that just makes the most sense. So a timeline that'll go into the factors, uh, that are relevant to what's going on today. So, um, start, so before the start of the pandemic, I think most people would agree, at least in Texas, I think March 16th, 2020 was the day that quarantine, the state of quarantine was enforced. The businesses, uh, didn't, uh, we were sent home for those who were working or like schools. Like, we had to stay inside our homes. But even before that, the sort of chaotic, difficult, disorienting factors in my life had already been turning. Uh, that January, so just a few months before March, that January, my grandmother on my dad's side died. And that process was that moment that sort of extended moment amongst my immediate and extended family was something that I think we're all still processing to this day with lots of implications about of course mental health and and grieving and grieving as an individual and grieving as a family I had lost my grandmother on my mom's side um, a few years back and you know, that, since then, I identify that, like, that I experienced the death of people that were, like, very big, important people in my life, particularly my mom's mom, my, my, my grandma, my mom's side, so, like, death really changes A lot about how I saw the world and is relevant to my current experience of stress because um, like yeah so my my dad's mom died and for almost as long as I can remember my own mom has been working either in um, nursing home facility nursing home facilities or hospitals um, hospitals more often like she has She works in the Houston Medical Center, which for those who are not familiar, I think it is the largest, I could be wrong, correct me if I am, but I think it is the biggest, um, like physically biggest and most populous medical system in any United States city. I think it's humongous. She's worked in two of the biggest hospitals um, and now like she recently transferred, before, before the pandemic she moved to like, the biggest hospital. Uh, and so of course, like to kick us off, to kick off like the pandemic time, like not only was I worried about like anyone that I loved getting it and dying, like to be totally frank, like I was afraid of someone I loved dying. And the fact that my mom had to go into work still, the fact that her schedule didn't change at all the fact that her hospital was seeing beds getting overwhelmed and she had to be relegated to COVID units even though she like originally worked some other unit like every single time like especially for the first especially for the first few months I was like I was praying like I'm not really a structured religion person I i think I identify with like spiritual eclecticism. Um, but like prayer became a thing because I was so afraid for her. Um, she would send me images of her in her full out gear with like the, the plastic mask, uh, over like the other mask and like a full body suit thing. And I would just like cry so that stress was already mounting since like march of 2020 extending through the summer i had a summer job um the summer before i actually started grad school i was working with the texas education agency and i was able to because i had to i had to work from home and it was that was also a really good experience i got to work and see the back end of how grants are uh, given out distributed um Two different school districts, working with a lot of numbers. It was kind of a welcome break from the stuff that I usually do in my uh, like budding career, which was work one-on-one directly with um, like students and families, like very people-centered. So I had a little bit of a computer data entry break and that was very cool. Um, And then I started grad school (laughs) and it was all virtual, orientation was virtual. Uh, but there was still for me a really big level of excitement because i mean i'm starting grad school and it was a big journey for me to get here um uh, within my immediate family i am a like that i'm the first in my fam immediate family to go to graduate school um and so a lot of things like, that's another factor too i was navigating everything that academia is like it's not just going to classes, it's all, it, I, as I figured out, it's also f- like structuring your entire day and your eating habits and your sleeping habits and your homework habits and your leisure activities to be able to be like a sustainable little micro ecosystem. And I really struggled with that. I again, because it was a pandemic, because everything was virtual, because I, you know, I would see members of my cohort, my classmates, um, on a zoom screen. And thankfully there were like, we, we managed to still meet one another, um, like virtually. And then like socially distant, Like I went to one socially distant, like hangout. Um, but the experience was very difficult for me because, I had long been looking forward to, like, at that point, March to August, I think, mid August or whenever it started. Um, I was feeling restless being at home. I did not want to be at home. I'm very grateful that I had a space to be in, but there was also this simultaneous, like, um, I'd say, like, low grade depressive symptoms. Um, that were just, that really threw me for a loop. So I started graduate school like already way more stressed and then you put on top of it the academic core, like the rigor of the academic courses. Thankfully, my professors um, and my supervisors, the whole team there um, in my experience have been very understanding they were all adjusting to it too and we sort of took it in stride so the the whole first semester i think was um my favorite semester i really enjoyed that semester everything was new i was getting used to things um but i did already head towards a feeling of burnout because you know regardless of i wouldn't say it just despite the amount of support that i did have I still really struggled to find my footing, like for real, for real. Because um, in addition to grad school, in addition to taking classes, um, an element of social work grad school, as I'm sure I'm guessing is the same for other like mental health graduate programs. Like they put you in field work, you have to accumulate Um, a certain number of hours in a, what they call, at least for social work, a field placement, where they connect you with an agency, some outside organization where you develop your social work skills. So for me, like I'm on the clinical track as opposed to like the policy administrative track. Um, And so I I worked with the organization that I will withhold from naming just because I am also still processing my recent Decision and it's very raw for me, and I'm still very emotional about it, so it just feels I'm not gonna state it. Um, I worked in that like organization and was I read, like, I did so much there. I was, I developed curriculum, I was a youth mentor for two different things, I led uh, groups, I developed an anti racist training curriculum, which is really cool. Like, that project is something that I hope to be able to continue once I get my mental health back together um I like presented that in front of a group of like youth mentees that we had um did some grant work helped come up with a grant uh proposal I did a little portion of that Uh, so like the whole gamut of things that really goes into um Sustaining a nonprofit organization, like really, this this organization is doing and has been doing really incredible, incredible work, um, and so I was very grateful for that. Um, but with that being said, too, that was like a full. It 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 is a field placement. I'm finding that it's more useful to consider it as like a, a job like it is it felt like a part-time job like the only difference was because it was through the school of social work's like program I wasn't getting paid for it which is like that's like part of it but like I was taking a chunk of time out of my week I think like 15 hours and then outside of like school I also was working with another nonprofit organization where, um, I've talked about this before, communities and schools, um, it would, it was my second year there, um, I was working at an elementary school, and I had a caseload of 12 students, which meant that I met with them once a week for about 45 minutes to an hour, and also connected with their families, their parents and guardians, um, depending on their level of, um, like needing support, connecting them to resources like food resources, uh, financial resources and sort of managing, like case management. I was doing case, we call that uh, like case management, checking in progress updates. Um, Also keeping in contact with teachers, seeing if I could connect or provide direct support with like academics, with um, like social skills, um, like self-esteem stuff at an elementary level. And so that was also, that's like a job job. So I was doing that at the same time as doing the other sort of job-like thing with my field placement and then managing classes, which is also another job because I also had to take like hours to do homework. So I was, I don't know how I got through the first semester as I, I did. Um, but somehow, well I do know, it was through the grace of the adult um, like faculty and support team that allowed me some some time to work things out, Um, so that was really good. Um, That was my first semester. I was already approaching a state of being burnt out by the very end of it. For me that manifested in, as I mentioned before, sort of a very frequent incidence rate of low grade depressive symptoms I think just you know again being in one spot every single day and only looking at a screen with like a a measure I don't is it a diameter a measure of like 13 inches I have like a tablet for a computer so like staring at that uh thinking about the health of my mom thinking about the health of my dad and my siblings and Um, at one point, my partner, Jimmy was able to return to his work at the studio. He works, he's, he's a studio manager. Um, or he's like, at the, at the time of saying this, he's like, well, under two weeks out from being a studio manager, um, which is like a whole thing. Uh, But yeah, he was returning to, and at, at some point, and all of these things were just like happening. Uh, but I scraped by first semester, done, second semester is when everything really, 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 really hit so hard and I can pinpoint exactly, I can pinpoint the exact moment, it was, um, let's see, January, we came back sometime I think early January so classes were starting, at the top of it, there was one class in particular Um, that one was a little less about um, like the specific topics in social work that I find come more naturally to me. So like the human interaction point, and this was more about numbers. I think it was literally about like research design uh, statistics. So already I'm a little like nervous about it because I haven't taken a like numerical numerical concept class in a minute. (laughs) And felt a little off and then the structure of the class itself was also not particularly conducive to my learning much less in the middle of a pandemic when I'm already like at that point like January I was already like coming up on close to a year of being virtual and like being at home so like those two factors uh and the reason why like the structure if I could be concise is um attendance was not mandatory and we not only was attendance not mandatory but there were only there were like pre-recorded lectures that we had to click on and um with respect to the professor of the class I I know that I am a person that benefits period from like being in a shared space in the moment with people and like having that classroom experience but most of the lectures for the weeks were recorded pre-recorded so it was like watching videos and there were i don't know how many i don't want to be inaccurate i think over a handful though over a handful of actual live lecture sessions um that weren't mandatory to attend but like i think they also required the students to look through the pre-recorded things and then show up with questions for clarification or something like that. But the structure, like I just wasn't, I don't know, like with everything else going on, I felt some type of way about going through that. And granted the professor did offer opportunities to attend office hours, um, but i I'm like really dancing around this. I did not like that structure. Um, with respect. Um, so that was a thing that was like starting off. And then sometime in February, I think this is the exact critical moment. Um, we had that winter weather event in, um, in Texas. I'll speak for like the area of Austin in particular, a lot of people in and around the Austin area were very hit. Um, even my family back in Houston lost power for a little bit, but where I was in Pflugerville at the time, um, where I'm living with my, my partner and his family, our neighborhood didn't have electricity for two, three days. And like the snow was higher than it had ever, that I had ever, ever seen snow pile up to. It was freezing cold. Um, and we literally were in survival mode. I don't think I have taken time publicly to really express how difficult, how taxing that was physically and emotionally while I was, like that happened while I was already burnt out, like left over from semester one and starting, like I tried to get back into a, the swing of things that I had never even fully developed in the first place and all of a sudden I find myself like like just setting up a metal contraption as as recommended by one of my co-workers and also social work um social work uh uh peers shout out Deja uh who sent a picture in another group chat about like how to heat canned food from a candle like so we were setting up candles and like scraping off the tops of them so that the candle could like the flame could reach it more effectively and then we like bundled up the dog and like a big big comforter and like tied a big it just was fucking cold and like starting literal fires in the backyard like digging up a hole so that just it was survival mode, um, and i perhaps a lot of people here may be familiar with that, um, here in central Texas and where I'm from in east Texas and Houston, like, we just aren't used to that kind of thing, we just weren't resource-wise prepared to handle that, and then it was also, like, not knowing how long it was going to last, so it took a really long mental toll, I, I didn't get out of that, so to speak, even after power and heating was restored, and we had to go back to class, um, it just took me a really long time. I think that was when I really, really, really started to, uh, like, my academic performance, my work performance, really started to decline. So at this point, I'm, uh, like, we're back to classes, we're back to CIS, um, communities and schools, which is my actual job, and then back to my field placement, which I consider a, like, smaller job, um, the week that we returned to CIS at least, my amazing supervisor, um, I really miss her, she was incredible, super supportive, um, she announced that she was going to be moving, and that was also another factor in, um, like, my, like, it's not, it is no one else's fault but it was a factor that contributed to me um, like trying to figure out how I was going to like find my footing because at CIS we had a really, like the CIS team on that elementary school campus was just me and my supervisor. It was just me and her. And so after she left, it was just me alone. And I think overall the common theme of my time throughout this pandemic uh the most like heavy I think burden on me and on my mental health was just responding to this sense of prolonged isolation across the board like one virtual schooling like yes I see my classmates but it's still like not it's obviously not the same so isolated there as uh for my student identity for my identity as a student um perceived isolation at cis where like I would be around people but like most of my day still would be just like alone in our little like portable building the little teap the little like metal buildings um and then on a bigger scale on a structural scale um going through the growing the ongoing movements that have since experienced like a resurgence of awareness and popularization in uh like racial justice so with uh, the movement for black lives um that was undergoing like it had been i think it since 2014 2015 um like that movement really started to take an identity as like a like a, a I don't want to say, well, I think it is useful to say like it has become something that has been commodified and branded in a way such that now corporations, companies um, can utilize that image, um, which I think is like a whole thing, but like that movement, that's the surface level of the movement, the commodified part of it, but the actual soul of that movement that I experienced and still experience as an actual Black person, like that experience is distinct from like the commodified thing that capitalist, capitalism has like taken from it, um, like the actual personal experience of that movement that I went through in this past year in particular was very isolating because I did not have the community that I used to have when I was at home with my dad, and we could talk about these things all the time. Or especially when I was at an undergrad at UT, where I was pretty much surrounded by my black community. I was a black studies major and a psychology major, um, but I was in black studies classes. I worked for the black studies department for my sophomore year um, and was at that time immersed in other people who not only were we like, obviously like we shared the identity of being black and all of the variety that comes within that, but we were all sharing in the experience of navigating academia as black bodies, as black minds in the state of Texas, in the city of Austin with its unique history of like Texas politics, of Austin politics, of the history of gentrification, of the history of us coming from all over and beyond the United States, Uh, me coming from Houston, moving to like all of these factors, Um, being able to be in a space like that when the um, first sort of resurgence, when the first like big, yeah, resurgence of uh, the movement for Black Lives started picking up in 2014, 15, Um, like I was with people I was with people physically and now to like this year i'm all the way out in Flugerville, i'm away from like you know i can't just go outside and walk down the street and like commute i could like they do have organizations there but i mean again pandemic and you know we're all at home and virtual spaces do exist for communion um but it just wasn't the same I felt very isolated in that. And then, of course, the um, resurgence in awareness and response to, like, xenophobic anti-Asian sentiment related to COVID, like, that was also another thing. I remember there was a time, again, this violence, the structural violence against um, Asian American and Pacific Islander populations and those perceived to be, um, like, a generalized member of those populations... Um, has been ongoing. Uh, I incorporated that in my anti-racist training, which I hope to like link to as well somehow. Um, That's been ongoing, but because of the pandemic concerns and like racism and xenophobia, that has like sparked. And so the movement for that, I also felt, I felt a little less isolated in that, I think because I still was connected to some of my other like, Asian-American friends in a more, like, structured way than I was with my Black community, which is something that I am reflecting on and seeking to, to remedy. Um, but nonetheless, it was still virtual. It was still, like, far away. I'm not with my mom. Like, my mom works in a hospital, and she, as I mentioned a few times, um, both of my parents have faced racism, Within the workplace, from the people, from either coworkers or, in my mom's case, the patients that she works with, and everything that goes along with that. So, like structurally, all that to say, structurally, I was also isolated um, on on that level too. It just, it was very difficult. Like I realized for the first time, really, that I am a person. Like i'm sure many other people <laughs> are that really benefits from like being fully i am like i am capable of being fully immersed with each of my identities um and i need that i need like multiple contexts to really pull from and contribute to to have that like interplay of like learning from and giving towards and It just was really difficult this year. I just, I did not, I did not do well with that. I don't do well with that. I need, I, like part of me getting back to a semblance of like healthy functioning mental health and self-sustainability practice in practices in general is figuring out like how do I need to create my schedule in such a way that allows me to stay connected, like really, really connected with all of these different identities and these communities that I'm a part of. Um, yeah, so that was it. That will, no, that was not it. Um, so that's that's sort of like background, sort of talking a discussion about the the structural part of it and then how it actually played out. So over the course of the second semester, sort of every few weeks or so, every month or so, I like gradually left like space by space or space after space after space because like my performance just continued to decline. My like actual work performance, like my ability to complete one, my like this, well, backtracking, the stages were for me, like I hold myself to a very high standard and maybe that is also due to me often being, you know, in my earlier education years, one of the only or the only um like visibly black people in a space um, and then like kind of feeling a need to like leave no room for other people to think that I am any less than. So my standards for performance, especially academically, have like been very high for myself and that goes, spills over into the professional world as well. Um, but like that was stage one, like I'm not performing to the standard that I hold myself to. And then it went down to, all right, now I'm starting to dip close to the bare minimum below the bare minimum. Um, again, those depressive symptoms were creeping in. Like I would, uh, in, in addition to anxiety that I would feel, um, when I was going to sleep, it would keep me up for like hours, some nights. And then I sometimes some mornings I would wake up and immediately, like, my head would flood with anxious thoughts and that sucked. Like, it really sucks to start your day with, like, worry. I don't wish that on anyone. Um, but that, that started to become more and more the norm for me and I was not, I, I, I yeah, I do identify, like, a numbness. Like, I think I, I had a total of, two big-ish breakdowns, that I'll call them, in which I, um, like, it, 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 both of them would build up over the course of, like, I would say a, a day or two and it would, like, come to a big explosion when I would just, like, find myself on the floor of my room crying uh, about, like, the thought or the possibility that I should just leave grad school period like am I cut out for this field at all Um, like leave and just totally pivot careers entirely and so that prompted me um, like also meanwhile I was not showing up to work as often I was physically arriving later to my like in-person job to be honest and then I wasn't doing tasks for my field work. I, um, like my communication really, really suffered. Um, so I think the first thing to go, the first thing that I let go of was my position at communities and schools, which was super painful because at that point my supervisor had already left, which meant that, um, like the, we call it the termination process for like, bringing the relationships that I built with the students and the parents and guardians, the family members to an end like that. It can't, it should not be a sudden process, like, because, especially because you're working with children, but also with like people in general, like just emotionally, like that process needs to be well thought out and like thoughtful. And so to do that, it took me uh, two weeks to um, meet with each of the students and let them know, like, this is unexpected, I know, but I'm gonna be leaving, I have to leave, and that sucked, um, again, I was alone, like, I had to, (sighs) I remember that week, or those, those two weeks, god, like, I had a schedule, I have a schedule for meeting with each of them, and it really sucked to walk in and be like, all right, at 9 30 a.m., that's what I'm gonna go tell so-and-so, my last week is next week, and then at 12 o'clock I have to do the same thing and then at 2 o'clock I have to do the same thing for like four days in a row um it just sucks to like anticipate that it was really hard for me because again I had already been feeling isolated and now I'm like also severing ties um because I have to and I was alone I would like go meet with the student outside and then go back to my little office alone and like cry and then like build myself back up for the next time where i would go and then come back and cry so that process happened and i left cis and then um i had to call a meeting with my like main supervision team my main like supportive supervision team with my field placement and field professor and like field liaison and supervisor um i was telling them Like, I think I am considering quitting grad school, or at least taking a big break, and they were all really supportive, um, but also offered me an alternative option, and so I worked that out. I ended up extending my two-year program, in which I would have graduated next year, but I'm extending it to three years so that the burden of academic stuff isn't as high as it was. Um, So that worked out, but I did also end up dropping my difficult research design class, um because that that was just also a lot so that was like just a lot happened so that's kind of the timeline um I will say that one of the breakdowns I think the second breakdown moment of like me getting really really close to giving up on like this and switching careers like in the middle or the conclusion of one of them was like I oh no It was before it concluded it was before the breakdown like came to like a really big head i like was strongly considering doing a total career switch and becoming a dancer like pursuing dance hardcore (laughs) so i um remember i think there was one time where one weekday it was during a weekday because i was supposed to be doing work but i was so stressed and so burnt out and also anxious and sad and i looked up like dance workshops and I immediately signed up for a modern dance introduction workshop at Ballet Austin like immediately, like no consideration, it was just like I am doing this, bam, I'm here Um, and I did it (laughs) and um, I I also got really into pole dancing classes too and that's something that's ongoing. That I've been really excited about and I will talk more about that as um, I will I am very excited to talk about that journey too and I'm a little hesitant to describe it but I do feel like it is an important part of where I am now Um, so yeah that that moment launched something very beautiful and empowering for me Um, yeah and then by that time it was already close to the end of the semester and then the end of the semester happened and now I'm here and sort of promptly uh at the after the end of the semester my field placement because I had already quit my actual job job offered me a contracted position um and I took it and even though I just had that going on like it was just that at that time I still was and am struggling, y'all. Like, I still was struggling. I still am struggling to this day, which led me to that point. Like, I think it's still, like, despite the fact that, like, I'm fully vaxxed, vaxxed and ready to go, and still, of course, adhering to CDC guidelines and all, but, like, we, we have been starting to return back. To the physical office to do like work on things. I think everyone is vaccinated at this point. It's a it's a small team, um, and so like when it comes to isolation, like that factor is is starting to clear up a little more for me, um, which leaves me still with some just confusion about like what is it like I'm I'm still trying to understand. Again, it hasn't been like a full whole day since I've I fully processed this decision what, well I do know, there, yes, there are still some factors, uh, there are still some things, um, I am still disoriented, I am still waking up and going to sleep very, very anxious, I am still experiencing, um, like, depressive symptoms, um, I will also say, like, um, I think also after the, the dance-centered breakdown, I, was strongly encouraged to set up an appointment with a counselor through my school I finally did way overdue and we discussed the uh likelihood the like very probable likelihood that um like I was probably looking I was living with conditions that could be labeled as like an adjustment disorder like I I don't know if it was like a formal diagnosis that we like agreed upon, like we looked through the DSM-5 together and was like this is really it. I didn't go through like a formal assessment sort of thing but um got like just the process of like for the first time in my life like I'm looking at a potential diagnosis for adjustment disorder really jostled me um it it spoke out to me as like this is something that is tangible now like stress is no longer a thing that i can brush aside after like eating breakfast or like suppress after after eating breakfast and brushing my teeth or whatever it's like a thing that is affecting my daily functioning and my capacity to enjoy other parts of my life and is real and scary it like if I it got to a point where like it started affecting my capacity to engage like thoroughly and presently in my relationship um and that was also really difficult for me uh and was like another sign like another sign that like I really need to do something radically different than what I have been doing um, in order to get back to like functioning health healthily and I don't know what that looks like like I I really don't like I know I know that part of it is setting up consistent therapy appointment, so I have that uh literally tomorrow I'm looking forward to that oh my gosh I need to submit a form whoa okay I just remembered that I need to submit a form um so I, I have a therapy thing coming up and I think it will ultimately unfortunately you know for a lot of reasons be a good thing that I do not have to have obligations or other people like relying on my work like i think that pressure had been constant for so long at a time where i was so already fragile so um like not having to report to anyone seems like it'll be good but aside from that like how am i going to fix my sleep how am i going to like i know it's possible but at the height of it i just was like what does it look like for me to be healthy you know i i feel really unfamiliar with that condition now i'm very familiar like it's not not that it's comforting but like i have been operating so unhealthily mentally for so long that i am kind of afraid to explore the unknown even though i know that it is a good thing so that's what i that's a little update that's sort of a breakdown of how like these like greater structures in my life and these greater contexts in my life affected my personal experience of of my mental health and professional and and personal life and if i'm going through that like everyone else is also going through their own individual journey too um, I think that's part of the, that is the reason why I'm sharing this right now is to, uh, be transparent and open about the struggles that I was going through. Um, I think one more thing that I'll say before I wrap this up is, um, some other like symptoms, some other like elements of symptomatology, I don't know, <laughs> I'm trying, um, some other things that I was going through was, um, morbid rumination, which isn't quite... um, just like thoughts of like not... just bad thoughts, just thoughts of like... no I don't even know if I want to, just like thoughts that were really disturbing to me, um, but they weren't as extreme as what would be classified as ideation. but that was also a big sign for me, like, whoa, Michaela, like, you have to, like, this has to change, like, this really has, to, like, this is not mental health at all. <laughs> um, so that, that was a really big, 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 big um, thing that prompted me to really try to change things. My experience, like, I, as, as stressful as each of the breakdowns were, I am identifying now, even though I have regrets about how I did them, of course, is like, that's, that's me gradually moving towards where I need to go. It was bumpy, um, still processing some, like, guilt, feelings of guilt about leaving these contexts unexpectedly, leaving the people and connections that I made, um, you know, like, that's been really hard. And... I'm also struggling with the idea that there is no right or wrong answer when it comes to how I'm going to direct my life. I think that that's such like an adult realization for me, like I could I could have quit at any time. I could have quit after 2 weeks um, you know, like regardless of when I did it, like I there's no like perfect there's no should have done there's no should. Um, I can do what I want and that's very scary when it comes to like my life. Like this, very, this year, I learned a lot, I grew a lot, um, but I think the biggest lesson that I'm taking away from the fact, other than the fact that I need to be in my communities, is that I um, I have a lot of control over where I end up yeah so thanks y'all thank you so much for listening coming up on an hour maybe y'all are on a road trip maybe you're cooking food maybe you're just sitting on your couch and listening which would be so cool um thank you i really appreciate that you spend this time with me today um i in the future um am gearing up to um doing some interviews i would love to have conversations with y'all um about how things have been going for you, um, related to like the greater systems that we are navigating. But I wanted to kick this off with a sort of very personal update to introduce y'all to who I am and, and the, the starting point for, for the rest of the work. So I, I thank you, um, shout out to you again, the nonprofit organization I Need Diverse Games. Um, Also shout out to Jimmy who also may be listening to this just in general, thank you so much. Um, Yeah, I hope you have a good day, take care, reach out, Um, seek help if you also need to seek help, if you are also needing a message to change your life radically, if you are also considering leaving a place, if the decision is difficult um I can't like tell you what to do but I just want to say that I understand um yeah so thanks y'all bye